Hello and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas, and today we're going to talk about feline diabetes. And feline diabetes is very unusual because unlike dogs, uh, it's mostly um, caused by secondary um, diabetes. Primary diabetes is most common in dogs. Once they're diabetic, they are insulin dependent for the rest of their lives. Whereas in cats, dietary um, lifestyle it has a big, big impact on the development of diabetes, um, also stress. And so there are many factors that affect the cat's diabetes. And the funny thing is once you take care of those factors, oftentimes we can get resolution of the secondary diabetes. And um, that's why I, I thought this is a good topic because if you have a cat and it's overweight and it's male and it's older, you are having a ticking time bomb. Um, it can definitely develop diabetes. And diabetes, I, I know a lot of people call it sugar diabetes um, because it's really, uh, you know, characterized by elevated uh, amounts of um, sugar in the urine, glucose in the urine and in the blood. And it has to be in both. Because, for example, a cat can get stressed and have hyperglycemia, high blood glucose in the blood. And if you measure it, it's just due to stress. It's very um, interesting phenomenon. And so to diagnose a cat with diabetes, you also have to have glucosuria, which means urine in the, I mean, blood in the urine. Not blood in the urine, sorry. Um, glucose in the urine. So glucosuria means glucose in the urine, and it is a sort of confirmation that there's so much excess of glucose in the bloodstream that is being uh, filtered through the kidneys into the urine. And that is not what we need or we want in the body, right? So uh, when we're talking about diabetes uh, in cats, are we talking about uh, producing, not producing enough insulin or mostly uh, the receptors out there not receiving the insulin. Well, the latter is the, often the cause of the diabetes, is the, the receptor, the insulin's resistance. Um, so they produce enough insulin, but they're not going to the cells as they should. Um, and why do we even need insulin? Well, this uh, insulin helps us break down uh, carbohydrates, the fats, and the proteins into smaller usable units by the cell, right? So um, these components, uh, one of the main components that you extract from the food is glucose. Glucose is your energy. Uh, it's the sugar. It just gets the energy to sustain life, to do stuff. So obviously is the, the end goal is to extract glucose so that we can function, our brains can function. Uh, the insulin is created in the pancreas. And so it regulates the flow of glucose and how much is absorbed into the cells, from the bloodstream into the cell. And so if the insulin is not being received properly, then um, starts breaking down fat and protein stores because it's thinking that, oh, there's not enough sugar. And so these diabetic cats eat, 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 and eat all day long, yet they lose weight. And so uh, it, it is a catabolic disease. It breaks down tissues, it eats up, it makes the animals be skinny. It's really sad. 
And uh, one of the signs that we see in diabetics is definitely excessive urination. They urinate a lot. Um, they get a lot of urinary tract infections because if your uh, urine has sugar in it, that's a beautiful uh, promoter of bacterial growth. So obviously, uh, they are prone to be developing regular urinary tract infections. Another uh, sign could be vomiting and diarrhea because it's just the absorption of food is just not there. You know, the, tr the transportation and and the transformation of these foods into the components that the cells can get is not working. And the pancreas is the organ that kind of swells up. The pancreas is a, an amazing organ. It has endocrine and exocrine functions. Endocrine means it produces hormones, insulin. Exocrine, it means it produces digestive enzymes. So um, when one part of the, the um, pancreas, the islet cells, are being... Um, in, uh, are in trouble, then the rest of the pancreas kind of follows. And so you would see vomiting and diarrhea caused by that, by pancreatitis, bouts of pancreatitis. Uh, that will lead to the animal not feeling good, the pet just laying around, the cat just being lethargic. It's hard because some cats sleep 18 hours a day, so it's really hard to tell if it's lethargic or not. But the owners, the cat owners know. We're very in tune with our cats, so we know. But weakness in the in the hind limbs especially. Uh, I see a lot of cats that are diabetic, and I diagnose them just by stance. So when they're standing, the hocks are low. So that's a weakness in the hind end. So I immediately said, let's do blood work, because um, it's unusual to have that plantigrade stance. If, if, if you don't have some sort of abnormality in your blood. And so uh, it's very similar to the diabetic neuropathy. My dad has that diabetic neuropathy in his legs, and the legs kind of um, fall asleep a lot, and he's a little clumsy when he walks and everything. And it's a little weaker. He doesn't like to stand too much, or he walks, and then he needs a little rest. Of course, he's 91 years old. <laughs> But uh, cats are the same. You know, when they have diabetes, they you notice that they're not jumping a lot. They may be just laying in one spot all day. Um, another thing that could happen is just, again, like they just walk a little bit, lay down. Look, walk a little bit, lay down. They lay down to eat. So those are change changes that a, a cat person and any pet owner should notice, but cat people, we're special. We just notice any difference in the routine because we know cats are routine lovers. They love the routine. They do things. And when they change the routine, is often there's a good reason for it. So we need to act. And obviously, the e earlier you intervene in any issue, the bigger the chances that you get a good outcome. So that's why I recommend, like, if you see any changes in the um, behavior of your pet or in the uh, routine of your pet, act, bring it to your vet. So anyways, we were talking about how the symptoms, so now we know the symptoms. Um, what can we do? Obviously, uh, this affects heavy cats a lot more than skinny cats. Can It can happen in a skinny cat, but... Nine out of 10 cats that develop diabetes, they were obese to begin with. And obese meaning a body conditioning score over eight out of nine. 
Um, and so those are, are cats that um, you can't even palpate the ribs. They're so heavy. They have a, a primordial po- pouch, which is like the, uh, looks like an udder, <laughs> a cow udder, but in the belly, it's just dangling. And they're very heavy. And so they are definitely overweight or obese. And that's one of the predisposing factors, not just for diabetes, for, for other problems like heart disease. Um, for some reason, it affects males more than females. I really often think that there's a relationship with size because they're big. Males are usually bigger. And um, if, if they have had a case of pancreatitis, in dogs, I see this a lot. When they have pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas, they're vomiting and diarrhea or blood in the stool or blood in the vomit, and we determine that it's pancreatitis. I often tell the people we need to be very careful the food from now on because recurrent bouts of pancreatitis will eat up or kill those cells. They will be um, replaced by scar tissue, and then that's not active uh, tissue. That does not is not exocrine or endocrine. It's just scar tissue. And so then you're going to set yourself up for failure, right? So um, some cats that have certain medications like prednisolone, magistral, acetate, um, any kind of steroid really could cause transient diabetes. And that diabetes could become permanent if we don't act, if we don't remove the drug. So you can do, um, uh, you know, you can make any pet diabetic by uh, administering steroids dogs, it can happen too. But in cats, it's very common also with magistral acetate. And once you take off the drug, or the drug works its way out of their system, I would say a good 7 out of 10 do not need uh, insulin. They can just be managed with diet and removing the offending drug. That's why pharmaceuticals, you know, they're great for acute disease, but for chronic disease, ah. you got to work hard to convince me that they are better than alternative medicine because of the situations where you have the side effects that could be devastating, um, especially if they don't recover, you know, though they could have concurrent Cushing's disease. And Cushing's disease could be caused iatrogenic, means I did it, iatrogenic, uh, by administering steroids. And it's more common in the dog than in the cat, but it can happen. So one of the things that I would also say is that when you get your cat and you go to the vet and they said, my cat's di- your cat's di- diabetic, it's not the end of the world. In cats, we have the hope that they can seroconvert, that they can uh, rest that pancreas in long enough where they can restart, jumpstart, and do their functions again. But for that to happen, they have to be, well-regulated for at least six months. Um, Well-regulated means uh, the sugar cannot exceed, you know, big amounts. There shouldn't be any jumps too high, too low. It should be normal. should be very well-regulated. And, of course, how can we achieve that? Um, Well, diet. Diet was the most likely the the issue that, that started the whole thing, so that's where we're going back to, diet. So in cats, you could choose two ways, right? The um, high-fiber, high-carbohydrate diet, that works uh, for some people, high-fiber diets. um, 
and it's complex carbohydrate, not simple carbohydrate. Um, that can work. But I prefer to go more with nature and the cats are obligate carnivores. That means they, in the wild, they don't eat any grains, they just eat prey. And so because of that, I feel like we should mimic nature. And to heal, I would probably put them on a sort of like keto diet. Um, I'll put them on a meat diet, a low carb diet, just meat. Um, and of course, you know, that can have some fiber in it added. That would be great. Um, but I think that it's important if the cat is a free choice feeder, which most cats are because they are, they just like to graze. But some of them graze on the same spot for hours. So if your cat is a one spot grazer, that means that you're overfeeding probably. So I would just measure the amount and put it in the amount for the day and put divided in a.m. and p.m. and then allow them to finish at their own pace. But if your cat is diabetic, then you're going to have to use insulin for a while. And if you do the insulin, they need to eat right then, right, after you do the insulin. So uh, a free-feeding cat, free-choice feeding might not be good because they might not be um, hungry when you give the insulin, which is the critical time that they need to eat. So uh, that's what I would do. I would split the food in a.m., p.m. So for the a.m., they would be hungry because they would have finished the p.m. Uh, sometime during the night. And so then that way you give the insulin, they eat immediately. And that kind of like it's a safe, safety issue, I think. And why, <clears throat> why would I worry about that? Because... Insulin immediately has an immediate effect on lowering the sugar in the body. And if we are seroconverting or if we are too much of the insulin or if the cat has not eaten in a long period of time and has very low available glucose, then when you do the insulin, you can actually cause a big problem, big crash, hypoglycemia. That happens in people a lot. You see people, oh, I'm hypoglycemic and they drink a orange juice or take a candy. Um, so the cat cannot tell us that they're hypoglycemic. We have to be looking at them. So how does a hypoglycemic cat act? They usually drool. They are not themselves. Their eyes go through you. They're like looking, I don't know, at Jesus. Um, but they are not looking at you. Um, they're very ataxic, meaning they're stumbling around. They're very clumsy and you're like, I'm weak. And so that's very, um, that's a, that's an emergency. That's very dangerous. Um, the opposite is true too. If they have uh, too much sugar in the bloodstream, too much glucose, they can have um, also ketoacidosis. And ketoacidosis is a, fa it could be fatal. Um, it just, uh, it, it's just very, um, an emergency often. You have to correct it with fluids and IV fluids and treatment at the veterinarian and uh, they could even get seizure seizures and everything like that because of the sugar is too high so not too high not too low the goldilocks area you know the the perfect right amount of glucose is what we need is balance and that's what chinese medicine says you know is balance so what is the tcb in perspective on um, diabetes well all of the hormone issues are related to the kidney Kidney holds the fire, the uh, Ming Men fire of life, right? And kidney 
Um, the kidney has the gene, the ability to repair the cells. So there's many things that affect that. But the kidney also uh, controls the bone marrow and the hormones. And so kidney chi deficiency, kidney yin deficiency, um, they, there could be different different deficiencies in the kidney that are causing um, the diabetes to just show up. So one of the things that we would like to um you know, do when we see, uh, when we diagnose a diabetic um, pet, oftentimes I do acupuncture and I do Tai Jing Jamming, which is a great pattern for any kind of problems in the front of the body. And so Tai Jing Jamming is, uh, the, involves four meridians, lung, large intestine, stomach, and spleen. And spleen is where the meridian that is in charge of absorbing and processing the food. So the spleen meridian is the one that is affected. Okay, so anyways, I hope that um, I brought some information that was useful for you about diabetes. Um, it is not a uh, fatal disease. It's definitely manageable. There's no cure for primary diabetes, but secondary diabetes is oftentimes a lifestyle changes that we can do, can make these changes, and that we can really help our pets to live a long healthy life and zero convert and not need the glucose, the, I mean, the insulin anymore. Um, if you have any questions, I always glad to uh, answer your questions. Uh, you can email us. You can contact us at the pethealer.com website. It has a contact form in there or here, you know, comment on our podcast and we're more than gladly answer your questions and we can answer on air or um, directly by email. Um, so I hope you learned something, share it, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. And remember that from now on, we're going to be, uh, downloading every Friday, a brand new episodes. So you can be on the lookout for them. Uh, in the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the pet healer podcast page. Uh, we also have a website, the pet healer podcast.com. And uh, it, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, information about this episode came from my book, Alt-Vet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic, and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.